Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan, here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, it's great to be back with you. How are you today? Doing fantastic, Kula, and I'm looking forward to diving deeper into the conversation we had with Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. And you know, one thing I really love about this guy is he started at the very bottom of uh, the football organizational world and worked his way up to the top and uh, is now being recognized as the executive of the year and uh, is really tremendous at what he does because he knows his trade so well. He knows his trade so well. And this conversation is perfect timing because football is back. And what better way to get ready for the season than to listen to one of the greatest minds in professional football? And I'll tell you what, the Bills are starting out with a humdinger. I mean, they are playing <laughs> the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. As Stephen A. Smith says, he's a bad man. <laughs> I'm excited to see what the Bills Mafia has to say about Aaron Rodgers this year in that game. That'll be a great one to start with. I will tell you one thing, you know, a little background on this podcast is uh, Brandon Bean and Josh Allen came to Louisville, Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby and they played Valhalla. And I met them there when they came as the guests of Eric Wood, who used to be the uh, all pro center for the, the Buffalo Bills. And I actually did a podcast with Eric. He's a, he's a great, great leader. And he was a captain of the team. So I met him. And uh, as I understand it, you know, Brandon is like a three handicap and, and nobody can hit the ball much further than Josh Allen. There's like a 500 yard par five, number 18 at Valhalla. And I think rumor has it that Josh Allen hit a pitching wedge into, into the green. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so the guy could play football, and I guess he has a little bit of clubhead speed too. Well, clearly he does. That's incredible. Well, Brandon's competitive drive is something that is really inspiring, and I'm excited to see what the Buffalo Bills do this season. Even though I'm from Alabama, I actually am a huge Buffalo Bills fan. So this conversation with you, David, will be fun to dive deeper into the conversation that you had with Brandon. Question number one. In the NFL, Black Friday is referred to as the Friday after the preseason games end, and that's when roster cuts are due. And it's usually a pretty dramatic day for NFL coaches and staff because they basically have to cut almost half of the players they had in the preseason. And a lot of times, the players that end up getting cut are good, talented players. In the conversation you had with Brandon, you asked him how he navigates this. And I'm curious, David, as a leader, how do you handle letting people go, even if they really are talented or great team players? Well, I think, you know, letting people go, especially when they're talented, is one of the toughest things that you have to do as a leader. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I had to do that a few times in, in my career because the, the company that I was in was restructuring and needed to drive out costs. And in situations like that, not everybody gets to stay on the team, just like a, an NFL team. You, you've got you've to make some really tough, hard choices. I think the the biggest thing that you know we always tried to do in situations like that was be as empathetic as you possibly can, you know, let people know why the decision is being made, let them know that it has nothing to do with their performance and everything to do with the situation at hand, 
and let them know that you will do everything you can to, to help them land uh, another spot with, a, with another uh, good company. And, you know, you do all those things, and yet, you know, it's, it's not good enough for that person. You know, there's no way you can really feel the way that they feel when they get that news. But you try to do it as, uh, uh, as empathetically as you can and instill as much hope as you can in that person, letting them know that they have the talent to continue in their career and, and do well. In that conversation, David, do you allow space for the person being let go to ask questions or do you keep the conversation short and sweet and let them follow up at a later time? I think it just depends on how well you know the person and what the uh, what the particular situation is. You know, I, th- I think what we always recommended was that if you're giving that news to somebody that works in your department, share with them the news in the manner that I, I talked about. And if they have any questions, obviously answer them. But say, hey, you may want to take some time to digest this and then we can touch base uh, tomorrow or whenever you want to talk. Those conversations are so tricky and it is never fun. But like you said, it's always less fun for the person that you're talking to. So I think being as empathetic as possible is just, it's really the only thing you can do in a situation like that. Well, I think being empathetic is is something that we all want to have, but there's no way you can really feel what that person feels. So I think the biggest thing you need to do is be as sensitive as you can to this being a very, very tough situation. You know, in life, there are three things that affect you more than anything else. And research has has, has proven this over time. Number one is if you lose somebody that you're close to, and particularly in your family, someone dies. Number two, if you get divorced. Number three is getting terminated. You know, and even though you might be really talented, when you're not able to stay on the team, you are getting terminated in your own mind. And there's no way that you can sugarcoat it. You didn't make the cut and you're out. And so, you know, that's a pretty traumatic experience that that person has. All right. Question number two. Speaking of loss, in this episode, you asked Brandon how he handled that devastating loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game. It was the greatest game I've ever watched, for sure. And uh, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so I got to tell you, I, th- there's been no game that's ever been as exciting as that one. And I was glad <laughs> to see the Chiefs uh, win, but I felt so sorry for, for Buffalo because they played a phenomenal game. And, yeah. you know, in, in those situations, only one team gets to, gets to go to the Super Bowl. Well, David, you've never lost a Super Bowl that I know of, but... Is there a loss in your life, either personal or professional, that was really difficult? And how did you bounce back and learn from that loss? Well, this is kind of a funny story. It's in the sports world. I played ping pong when I was in, in college. I played more ping pong than uh, I should have. I should have studied as much as I played ping pong. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was actually pretty good at it. And I, I won the fraternity championship. So now I get to play for the university championship in ping pong. And, you know, I'm in a fraternity and, and you know, we have little sisters and all of this. And so I go to play this championship match. And I get there, and I must have had 150 people come out to watch me play. And, you know, I I'm, I mean, I thought I was, you know, really, really good at ping pong. And I didn't think anybody was going to beat me. And uh, this little guy comes out, and, uh, you know, he's from Taiwan. And he whips out his paddle, and he 
you know, he has has a paddle case and unzips it, and he's got this foam paddle, and uh, I'm going, oh, well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> and so, you know, he serves the first ball to me, and I'm going to slam it like I've slammed everything else, and, uh, you know, I give it, I hit it as hard as I can, and it just goes sideways, okay? I mean, he put so much spin on the ball, I couldn't control the spin. I mean, my I had no idea where 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 the ping pong ball was going, and I ended up losing like twenty one to three, twenty one to four. It, it was like the most embarrassing athletic <laughs> moment in my life. And the thing that I learned from that experience is that there's always somebody better than you. You know, no matter how good you are, there's always somebody out there that can kick your butt. Okay, so don't get cocky. Be humble and give it your all, but know that, you know, as you move up in the world, there are people who are going to be a lot better than you until you develop those skills. And, you know, I think that's true in sports. You know, I I used to play tennis. And then when I played tennis, I played with a professional tennis player, Todd Martin. You know, I said, hey, Todd, let's see, you know, he went to Wimbledon. And this was when he first came out of Northwestern. And, and, uh, so I said, you know, you can hit some of your serves to me. Well, he hits his serve and knocks the racket out of my hand. I had no chance. <laughs> I had no chance ever of, of being able to, to, to beat that guy. But I think as you're moving up in business, the same is true. There's always somebody that's better than you, and you got to work hard to develop those skills so that you can become as good as them and, and be able to ultimately take their job and move up the ladder as well. That is an incredible story. I never knew that you were a champion ping pong player. Well, I'm not now. (laughs) But you did a great job of tying that back into into advice for leaders everywhere. (laughs) That was impressive, Mr. Novak. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like it it may be a stretch. And if it is, I apologize for that. No, I don't think it is. I think it's quite helpful. There's always someone that's going to be better than you. And it ties into this idea that we always talk about, which is continual improvement and always learning and being an avid learner and seeking out those that are better than you and learning from them along the way. Well, and if you think about Brandon's job as the head of the the Bills organization, you know, they haven't made it to the Super Bowl yet. You know, they've got to go through Kansas City to do that. And then they have Cincinnati, which is a great team. You know, he's got to build the personnel and the talent to get them to the Super Bowl. And because right now there are teams that are better than the Bills until proven otherwise. And I guarantee you, he feels that pressure. But as a leader, I know that he knows that it's his job to, to fill the gaps and take that team to where they need to go. Question number three. Last season, you know, we all watched DeMar Hamlin when he suffered from cardiac arrest on the field, and it really shocked the team and the entire league and and sports fans everywhere. In a perfect world, leaders would never have to deal with traumatic life or death situations, but as life goes, they happen. So, David, when leaders do face traumatic situations like this with their teams, how do they take care of their people in the midst of it? Well, cool. I'll I'll share another personal story. Uh, When my wife, Wendy, was pregnant with our daughter, Ashley, Ashley was born 10 weeks premature and, you know, had a 50-50 chance of living. And and I remember my boss at the time, Howard Davis, telling everybody on the team that, hey, listen, you know, David and Wendy are going through a really tough time here. 
I don't want anybody calling them about anything at work. Let's pick up the slack. If you have any issues, come to me and I will handle what David would have handled. But let's give this guy all the support that he basically needs. And, you know, the guy who did this was Howard Davis, and he was tough as nails, but he showed so much compassion and so much care. I have to tell you, you know, I will always love Howard Davis for the way he did that. You know, in our company, I kind of went to school on what I learned from Howard. When anybody had any personal adversity, you know, we just did everything we could to support that person in every way that we could. You know, so cool. Uh, you know, I, I think it's really important for leaders to know that when something goes wrong with somebody that they work with, you know, that's the time you need to show up. That's the time you really need to be there. And when you are there, people will never, ever forget it. Well, that wraps today's episode of Three More Questions. Thanks again for tuning in to How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And tune in this Thursday for my conversation with Scott Redler, co-founder of Freddy's Steak, Burgers, and Fries, and the chairman of the National Restaurant Association. Mm-hmm.